great video, great message. You know, the truth is God always has good ideas. If you recall, after he made Adam, he realized it's not good for man to be alone, so he'll make a helper suitable for him. And, and today we celebrate mothers, but, you know, think about it. Grandmas and aunts and sisters and friends. I mean, different people who have stepped into our lives, women who demonstrate the love of God. We are so blessed. So we want to wish you a big blessing from God. Thank you for all that you do as you shine the love of Jesus. So we celebrate you today. Ah, oh, thank you. A couple things uh, as we get moving in worship. If you are a guest here today, we're glad that you're with us. Come back again. But we do want to get to know you, and one of the ways we can get to know you is by texting 1C guest to 94,000. Uh, you can also make your way to next steps in family gathering area. You could do it that way as well. Uh, we just want to be connected to you. If you're on Facebook Live, you can just say hi as uh, you let yourself be known that you're watching and joining us in worship. Uh, also, as we go a little bit further into the service, we're going to have prayer time, and we invite you to give us some of your prayer concerns or prayer thanksgiving. And so if you want to, you can text to 402-242-5051. You can also put it on Facebook Live, and we'll take those off there. We also have paper that's in the family gathering area. You can write those out and submit those and we will include them in worship today. Also, we're going to have communion. And here at 1C, we believe that the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion is a gift that God gives to his people. And our eyes see bread and wine, but faith believes it is also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And if that's your belief, we'd love for you to join us as we celebrate this grace that is given to his people. Um, also, if you would just remember, remember on the way in to get a brochure. And if you didn't get one on the way in, get, you can get it on the way out as well. Uh, but what you're going to find in here would be the Bible verses for the sermon, so you could look at it throughout the week. You can also open it up and you're going to see different things that are taking place in the life of the congregation. And would love for you to get to know that. There's also a place for you to go to a link and you could see all the different things that are happening in the life of the congregation. Don't forget, next week, we're going to celebrate healthcare workers. So if you serve in any capacity, uh, we're, we're going to lift you up and we're going to celebrate you. And then the week after that, we're going to be also um, remembering our graduates. So the 23rd of May. And uh, whether you've graduated from whatever level of school, we want to celebrate you and then pray God's blessing as you move forward in ministry. May God be with you. Bless all of us as we worship our Lord. Love
Can you make something from the wreckage? Would you take this heart and make it whole again? Though the mountains may be moved into the sea, though the ground beneath my crown. of God and his grace for you and me, we're going to be okay. In preparation for communion, that's going to take place in just a little bit, the Bible tells us that we should examine ourselves, and what that really means is to get honest, to be honest with God, with each other, and even with ourselves. So we're going to put up on the screen a prayer of confession. I would like to ask you to join me together as we pray that prayer. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And Almighty God in his mercy has given his only Son for you, and for his sake and by what he has done brings forgiveness of sins for you, for me, for this world. 
May we put our faith in this Jesus and receive this forgiveness and live our lives for him and with him to the glory of God. Amen.
And that good, good Father feeds us and nourishes us and gives us gifts, like the Lord's Supper. So I invite you now to please take the elements out. And as I do each and every week, I'm going to share with you the scripture where we, we hear this command, we hear this blessing. And then after that, I'll invite you to take each element individually. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would, take the wine or the juice and take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we lift up all our prayers to you spoken and in our hearts from our one sea family. A prayer for Casey Thornton. She was taken by ambulance this morning to Columbus Hospital. She has many health problems and she needs a lot of prayer. We are offering prayers and hope for a kidney transplant from Mia Thong. Be with her in her waiting for a compatible donor and bring her healing from recent eye surgery. For my wife who is struggling with her new chemo treatments, that she may find peace and comfort in the hands of you, Lord. For our friend Jane, as she recovers from surgery related to her cancer treatments, provide her with healing and restoration of health. Father, we just lift up Hudson to you today on his 11th birthday. Gracious God, thank you for hearing our prayers. We pour out our praise to you today and every day. We lift up all the mothers here and those who are celebrating this day with you in heaven. They are in our hearts and never forgotten. We glorify the name of your son Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Well, good morning, boys and girls. Today, George is going to be with us again as we look at this theme of community matters. And as we look at the theme, we're focusing on one of the relationships that Jesus spent a lot of time with, and that's up with his heavenly father. Jesus loved to spend time up with his heavenly father. George, are you coming? Hey, there you are. <laughs> well, it's dusty back there. Hi, everybody. They're getting better at that, you know. They're starting to. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Mr. Greg. Hi, George. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, just great. Good, good. Today we are talking about how Jesus loved to spend time up with his heavenly father. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. But, oh, oh, up, Mr. Greg. Yeah. Mr. Greg, that's my favorite movie, Up. No, no, George, I'm not talking about Jesus the movie. Jesus loves Up the movie. Does he love Dog the Dog? Because that's everybody's favorite. George, that's not what we're, we're not talking about the movie Up. Oh, oh, we're not. But are you sure? Because that's where I got my idea, you know, for the hot air balloon ride for the birthday party. Best party ever. Right, Mr. Greg? That, yeah, that was a great party. And that was a lot of fun. We did do that, yes. But we're not, we're not talking about the movie Up. Oh, we're not. But you see, I, well, Mr. Greg, yeah. in, in the movie, Carl, he used... um. The helium in the balloons to lift up the house. Well, you know, you and I, we didn't do that. No. Oh. We used geese and trash cans and rope. Lots of rope. And it worked, Mr. Greg, but, you know, nobody yeah. warned us about uh, the air raid of giant doo-doo just blopping everywhere. George. It's like, George. Oh, 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 watch out. I think I had no. my mouth open George. one time. Oh, George. Let's, let's not talk about that. But you that. got a little bit still right there. Oh, Let's That's just fine. You might like it. <laughs> George, George. To each his own, Mr. Greg. That's not what we're talking about, George. We're talking about up. And by up, we mean this idea that we spend time in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Okay. All right? So we, we love our God, our Father. We spend time with Him. And that's what we refer to by up. All right. George, what are you doing? George, what are you, what are you doing? Well, up, Mr. Greg. Uh, uh, Mr. Oh. Greg, I cannot continue to do that. You're going to have to work this kink out of my neck. Come on, just. All right. Oh, there you okay, go. Okay, right there. All right, George. Oh, I cannot look up like that every time I want to get close you're, to God. That's crazy. That hurt me. Oh, you're not this getting hurt it. me. George, you're not getting it. Up is not something that we do. It's a relationship that we have with God our Father. You know what? Let's take a look at, at Luke chapter 6, That's verse 12. That's a good 12. idea. I'm, I'm a little lost. All right. I thought so. Let's see, hey. what, let's see how Jesus um, okay. spends some time with his heavenly okay. Father. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 says, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So see, Jesus spent time with his heavenly Father. Oh, I get it. I get it. Okay. See, good, Jesus, he went good. up the mountain. He did not look up. He climbed up. I don't like to climb. It's hard finding those, those hiking boots in my size, Mr. Greg. Plus backpacks. Yuck, so heavy. Ah, yuck. George, you're a monkey. I thought all monkeys like to climb. Well, not mountains, Mr. Greg. Trees. Come on, man. Uh -huh. We climb the trees. Okay. Well, what do you like about climbing trees, George? Oh. That's a big question, Mr. Greg, because I love climbing trees. God gave us monkeys the thumbs, you know. Not a lot of animals have thumbs. You're, 
You're looking at my thumbs like you're being very judgy about no, my thumbs. No, no, you, nice, you have nice thumbs, George. I like your thumbs. Thank you. Thanks to my mother and all the moms with the thumbs. Or yep. no thumbs, that's fine too. But anyway, we can, you know, when I'm climbing, Mr. Greg, we don't even, we sometimes we use our tails and, and our thumbs and we climb to the top of the trees. And when I'm at the top of the tree, Mr. Greg. Yeah, George? I just look across the whole jungle. Yeah. And it makes me feel so close to God because I can see his beautiful creation. Yeah. And I love the trees. And oh, Mr. Greg, the bird's so nice up there. Oh, yeah. And also, best part, bananas in the trees. They're so yummy. I sit back and I enjoy a yummy, delicious banana that God made for me. And I think. God love me. He make me these bananas and trees. That's it. You get it, George. That's it. That's up. Well, yes, Mr. Greg, being up in a tree is up. No, no. I, sir, I'm a little bit concerned about you, Mr. Greg. I, no, up is more about having a relationship with God. It's not a place that you go. It's not up versus down. It's it's doing something that helps us grow in relationship with God, our Father. So it could be climbing a tree, to, and you enjoy that. makes you feel close to God, yep. right? Eating bananas, enjoying that. It could be uh, sitting in your chair in a quiet place, reading God's word and praying. We it can could, do up in a chair? We can. We can be out oh. on a lake and oh, feel okay. close to God. I like uh, that. Yeah. I like to sit around campfires okay. Yeah, and see the stars. And think about God. Well, we can do that, Mr. Greg. That's easy, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. we can do that. And you know what? We can even fold our hands and we can bow our heads and look down to spend time up with our Heavenly oh, Father. Oh, Mr. Greg, we look down yeah, we to can do that. go up. We can. We can. That's we don't a, have to, but good. we can. But you can. Yep. So what I do you, like that. What do you say we do that now? Okay, pray. We'll pray. We'll, okay. we'll fold our hands and okay. bow our heads. And How's my hands? They're perfect. Great. Thank you. Yes. Velcro. And then, you know what? You can repeat after me just like all the, the other boys and girls. Oh, okay. All right. All okay. right. Let's pray. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you that we can talk with you. Thank you that we can talk with you. And spend time with you. And spend time with you. And enjoy being with you. And enjoy being with you. Amen. Amen. All right, George, I think you got it. I did. I think I'm Good. a little bit smarter now. Good. What well, are we doing next, Mr. Greg? Well, let's, let's go backstage. We can talk about Up a little bit more. All okay. Right? Oh, the movie? Because I have some ideas. No, no, George, not the movie. Thank you, George and Greg. Never disappoint us, do they? Wow. We continue our series on Community Matters, and we're going to be talking about worshiping together, and I'm going to introduce three words to you now, and then I've got a little story to tell you. Um, three words, the word awesome, the word reverence, and then the word submissiveness, okay, those three words. And um, I'd like to start out with uh, putting a picture up on the screen, if you would. That's my mom, Joanne Dolores, well, Rondon used to be her name, and then Thielen, and uh, she's up in heaven. And I'll tell you, those three words I just shared with you, 
are very fitting for her. When she was 12 years old, she decided, well, let me back up. Her dad was a Sicilian Catholic. Her mother was a Norwegian Lutheran. In fact, when they got married, they had to elope. They went across state lines of Wisconsin into Illinois, and they, they eloped and got married. But one thing that they decided to do was, you know, if they have children, they're going to let the children decide what religion they're going to follow. So my mom, as a 12-year-old, decided to walk, I don't know if it was like a mile or two, to the nearest Lutheran church, talk to the pastor and say, I want to be confirmed. Wow. I mean, that, I don't know how many 12-year-olds would have that kind of um, confidence. Maybe that's a good word. But she's, she demonstrated that throughout her life, all the way through her life. And you've heard me talk about her before, foot, four foot nine, and then she would wear a bun so that she would say that she was, you know, five foot. I mean, that's what she would do. Well, she, she um, used to work at Patricia Stevens Career College, and um, she started out, she, she never even finished high school. She started out as a receptionist and then made her way up to dean of women of the college. And it's really because she had a lot of confidence. She was, she was awesome. Okay. I'll never forget one moment where um, we were driving over to the dormitory. It was move-in day for the new students. And then when, we, when we're pulling up, we see all this equipment that are, that's off of the trailers, and the city of Milwaukee was going to start working on something in that area. My mother sees it, pulls up, and says, Jim, just sit right here. So she gets out of the car, and she walks up, and you know there's trouble when my mom puts her hand on the hip. So she's talking to these really tall, big guys, and she's not animated at all. She's just whatever, and after she's done, she puts her arm down and starts walking back to the car. And then I see, I think the foreman, go like this. In other words, let's put everything back. We're going to kind of move on. We're not going to work today. My mom gets in the car. I said, what, what did you say? I just helped them understand that it would probably not be a good thing to work today right there by the dormitory. I mean, she had guts. Um, even on her death, okay, we'll just, uh, the funeral was going to happen, and we get this letter from Rabbi Tversky, and, and some of you may remember I had a picture up, up there one time. Uh, Rabbi Tversky, we lived right next door, and he got to know my parents really well, and my mom. And in there, he said a lot of nice things, and then he also said, Joanne was formidable. And I don't know what your definition is, but it, it just means gutsy. It means strong. And, and she was. So when I think of her today, and I don't know if you do this on Mother's Day like I do, I just start thinking about different women in my life that are just examples, um, uh, incredible examples. And I'm in awe. Um, and again, I had a sense of reverence for my mom because she was pretty strict and stern. And there was a sense of submissiveness. In fact, my friends would make fun of me saying, Mrs. Thielen says you can't do that. And I, had, I would have to live that down almost all the time. No matter who you're thinking about now in your life, maybe a mom, a grandma, an aunt, every single one falls short 
of who we're going to talk about today. We're going to use those three words in light of worshiping, and yet any, every, any person that has walked on the face of the earth except for Jesus has failed to some degree because of sin. So we're going to talk about um, community matters, and we're going to talk about worshiping together, and I'm going to introduce two concepts right off the bat. The first concept is this. The more I fear the Lord, the better my worship will be. Let me, I'm going to read it again. I want you to hear it. I want you to take it in. The more I fear the Lord, the better my worship will be. Premise number two. The more we, okay, the community of faith, the believers, the more we fear the Lord together, the more powerful his church will be. So it's one thing for you and me, all right? But there's also something else that's very powerful. When we gather together in worship, and I'm not going to draw attention, but I'll just tell you how blessed I am when I'm watching this little girl up here dancing around to the song. Just a blessing. So when we do this together, we are blessed. Now, in my preparation for the sermon, I came across a Bible verse that I know I've read before, but I never read before, if you know what, that, what I mean by that. Probably have read through it, and, and it comes from Isaiah chapter 33, the second part of verse 6. The fear of the Lord is a treasure. Now, let me back up a little bit, talk about the word treasure. You know, I grew up watching pirate movies, and I had a picture of what a treasure is. It's in a box, you open it up, and it's going to be gold coins. And I want you to take that out of your mind, because that's not what treasure is. Treasure is something of eternal significance. So I want you to understand, it's the love of God and all of who he is connecting to people like you and me for eternity. So don't shortchange the word. Don't think human thoughts when you think treasure. I want you to blow that wide open and say, okay, God, it's really bigger than that. It is something that has eternal significance. And then you see the other words there, right? The fear of the Lord. And, and we have that word, Lord. I think we know what that is. But maybe the one that is a little hard to understand is the word fear. And maybe it's because we, we watch too much TV. Maybe it's because we watch movies. I don't know what, what your thing is, but when I think of fear, I think of running the other way. It's something that you're encountering that is so big, so bad, that you gotta run the other way. Well, I've introduced the three words that I believe are connected to the word fear and are connected to the idea of better worship than before. And here are the three words. The first one is the word awesome. And I don't know what, uh, that's such a, a, a word, right? You could be in awe. It's like one of those jaw-dropping moments when you see something, experience something that you can't even put words to it. I mean, I remember when my firstborn, I mean, I'm looking, and, and it was awesome. And I couldn't put words, so tears came down. Or when I see a mountain, and I see the glorious majesty of what God has created and made, and I can't come up with words. That's awesome. Or how about this one? Reverence. Now here's where maybe TV and movies have helped us understand that. When somebody comes into the presence of somebody who is royal, 
what do you do? Right? You, you bow. And really what that moment is, is where you are, you are acknowledging that that person is who they are and, and you are who you are. Spiritually speaking, what that means is when we are reverent before the Lord, it may mean bowing our head for prayer. It may mean quiet when you come into a church. It, it's not limited to that. It really is all about understanding that God is God. He is all-powerful, all-loving. I mean, he is incredible, awesome, right? And we're not. We are sinful human beings in need of grace and mercy. So that spiritual moment we did just a moment ago with the confession, we're really going like this before him saying, God, I'm not worthy of anything. Okay, that's what reverence is. And then the third one, submissiveness. And I'll just, I'm going to tr- uh, use a different word, the word trust, total trust. Giving yourself over to this person who is bigger and mightier than you. And when we submit, we're really just giving total trust. So I want you to have those three words as a working definition for the word fear. And remember, the more we fear the Lord, the more it's going to affect our worship. And the more we fear God together as a community of believers, the more it's going to affect this world as we live that out. All right, I want to give you a couple examples of the differences between the two. We don't have to go very far in the beginning of time. In Genesis, we find God making Adam and Eve, and they were doing a great thing. Right? A wonderful thing. And he placed them in the garden, and I really believe there was a sense of... of, uh, Uh, reverence and submissiveness, the sense of awesome. As they were walking, and you get the picture that they were walking with God and enjoying him. But then it changed. Remember when they ate from the tree they shouldn't have eaten from? Fear came. And what did they do? Did they run into the arms of their heavenly father with a sense of awesomeness and reverence and submissiveness and trust? No, the other kind of fear kicked in. The fear that caused them to go hide from God. And that wasn't the answer. So we find God starting right off in Genesis 3.15, that first gospel promise and says, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to help you. I'm going to provide the remedy. I'm going to send my son. Uh, That's just the way God works. He sees how we try to do things on our own, and then he steps in and says, I've got this. I can do this much better than you. All right, another story. Moses and the burning bush. If you remember the story of the children of Israel, they were held in bondage as slaves in Egypt for 430 years. They were praying for somebody to deliver them, and all of a sudden Moses shows up. And uh, he goes with a sense of boldness, right? But it was after that moment where, when Moses had this experience with a burning bush. I don't know if you've ever seen a bush burn. I have, okay? But never one that you kind of heard things. And in that moment, Moses understood that he's not even worthy to stand on that holy ground. He saw the awesome God. He saw this God that caused him to be reverent before this burning bush. And then he was submissiveness, right, with this idea of, I'm going to trust you. You want me to be the deliverer, okay. But it was a pretty big moment for him, defining. 
And then we go a little bit further and we watch the children of Israel go from Egypt to the promised land. Now, did they always see God with a sense of awesomeness, a sense of reverence, and a a sense of trusting him? The answer is no. Because if they did all the time, guess what? Geographically speaking, Egypt to the promised land was a 40-day journey. But because they wrestled with this and were very poor at trusting God, it took them 40 years. 40 long years. And then the last category, that's people like you and me. The children of God from, from now to our heavenly home. How are you doing, how am I doing when it comes to looking at God with a sense of awe and wonder? How are you and I doing when it comes to a sense of reverence, understanding who we are and who God is? And how are we doing when it comes to being submissive to him and trusting him above everything else? I don't do a very good job of it. And if you are as human as I am, you struggle with it too. God understands that. That's why maybe this number may mean something to you. The number 365. Different commentators of the Bible will have different numbers, but you maybe read this. 365 times, God says, do not fear. And do you know which direction we're not supposed to fear? Because remember, we just talked about fearing God. That's what we're supposed to do. 365 times, maybe even more, we're not supposed to fear the temporal things. And you could find it throughout the entire scripture where God is saying, don't fear the temporal things. Don't fear fear the things that have a shelf life to it. And I'll tell you that in my world, those things get my attention. Finances, health, the world we live in, my country, my state, my city, even in my household. Sometimes I fear those things more than I should. Let me share with you two scriptures that help maybe calibrate this and help you understand the difference between fearing the things of this world and fearing God. Psalm 19. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Or how about Proverbs 17. But continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. So the fear of the Lord has no beginning, no end. The fear of the Lord is not like a roller coaster, because God is constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet the world that we live in, and the things that we put our fear in, It's like this. And we get caught in that. And I believe that the devil, just like he did with Adam and Eve, the world we live in, and even our own sinful flesh, want to fear the things of this world. And God just patiently comes to people like you and me and says, fear me, trust me. Look at me with a sense of 
awe and wonder. Look at me with a sense of reverence because I'm your God, personal God. And then trust me. I want to put up a scripture. And this is where I'm, I'm taking this in a, in a way. Number one, this is all between you and God, right? This is the up thing. But I also believe there is an up aspect when it comes to us together worshiping God. And it's powerful, it's beautiful, it's life-changing. Acts chapter 2 is, this is after Jesus ascended into heaven. This is now the first followers about 2,000 years ago. Would you read this together out loud with me? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Do you see a group of people that have been changed because they were fearing God, not fearing man? Fearing the God who is eternal, not fearing the temporal things of this world. It, it's almost as if they were living a reckless abandon. They had a passion and a vision and a mission that more and more people need to know this Jesus. So they were going to kind of do radical things. Coming together a lot. Selling things and giving it to the poor. I mean, there was just a, a beautiful, beautiful trust that we see with those first followers 2,000 years ago. In fact, we can go seven chapters later and we still see this group of believers. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. So the church was growing. The kingdom of God was growing because a group of people said, I fear God. I don't fear man. Not easy. I get it. And I'm going to confess to you because you're my brothers and sisters. Too many times I fear what's going on in this world and in my life. Whether it's health issues, finances, I mean, those things just come creeping up and they want to get my attention. So I need, I need you to remind me and I'm going to remind you that we should be fearing the one and only true God and no one else. About a month ago, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago, I had a conversation with somebody that I used to work with, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, and the question was this, it was all text message. They said, Jim, you know, we used to talk about that there was a difference between a religion and a relationship. And I thought, yeah, you know, of course, we don't follow a religion, but we're in a relationship with God. That's really good. Well, she said... I think there needs to be a new message. We need to be talking about this di differently than we have before. She, 
do you have any ideas? And she said, especially in light of this next generation, all right? And I'll just tell you, when we talk relationship now, it's not the same. You can have a relationship on Facebook or social media. So that's what she's pushing on. So uh, I think about a week or maybe even less, um, she texts me with a new word. And she did challenge me. She said, there's got to be another R word because you just got to follow that. If it's not a religion, if it's not just a relationship, what is it? And this is the word. Reliance. I'll tell you, it struck right here. What does it mean to be totally reliant on the Lord? I'll just tell you, I mean, in its purest form, it means everything in life revolves around him. And I think that that's a waning concept. It's just not happening. We put so many other things in the middle, and then we try to fit everything around it. I often talk about the spoke of a wheel and how important it is. And sometimes people put the wrong things as the, the, the middle, the hub, and you have all these spokes attached to it. You, you can even put family in the middle as a hub and say, that's a really good thing. That shouldn't be in the center. If we are to fear the Lord in the way that he wants us to fear him, he is to be in the center. And it means we're going to rely on him and not on Google. What do I mean? I'm going to tell you this. This is not... When Kristen began struggling with her health, I probably spent more time Googling the topic than going to God in prayer. I wanted answers. And maybe you've had moments like that. I really believe God is calling people like you and me to maybe reprioritize our time and how we filter life through it so that we're going to have the sense of awe and reverence and trust in a God no matter what happens around us, no matter what is going on in our personal world, this God is always the same. So I want to share with you a scripture that is in Revelation chapter 1. Some of you know, I, I said I'll never teach a Bible study on Revelation because there's just so much in it and so hard to describe. But this very beginning of the revelation that John had, he says some things that I think resonate to this topic. This is John speaking. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid, though I am the first and last, the living one who died, who is now alive forevermore, who has the keys of hell and death. And then what? What, what does he say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's going on in this world. Rather be afraid of, of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray just to close our time together. But as you do, as you maybe close your, mind, your eyes and, and keep your eyes on the cross if you want to, because that's God's answer. That's the answer that can cause us to have a sense of awe and reverence and trust like we've never had it before. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again. You are faithful and loving. You have shown up in a powerful way 
as you've revealed your love through your son. And I pray that we would be, we would capture that at every glance and that we would be motivated by that kind of love. So thank you. Thank you for all that you have done and will do because you are who you are, our God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like to invite you to stand for the blessing. And again, these are God's words of blessing to his people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Darkness. 